When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Monsters of Socks podcast. I am Brian Joyner and I wear flannel in the summer. Dan, why do I do that? Because you're a psychopath. Or you don't go outside. Do you not go outside? Is that is that what it is? Quite the opposite, actually. It's that, as you know, and I'll just let's just we could do the swimming update now or later, but I've been swimming pretty much every day. Yeah. After the pool. I'm not the whole dry yourself off really well type. Oh, I don't so, care. So in, in lieu of a towel, you just wear a really absorbent shirt. That's your plan. Sort of. Like I wear, I have the towel to sit on in the car, but I put on the flannel shirt. Look, this is, I think, probably a Do you just not product. have time to dry off? Like you just have too much going on. You know, This you is know, a I direct... Can... This product. is some Steve Jobs psycho shit. I don't dry off. No, no, no. I just wear absorbent yeah, clothes. I can tell you what it, it's Martha's Vineyard upbringing. Once you're at, once you're, I don't care. The water, it doesn't phase me. I don't care. Though so I had to start getting careful with the towels in the car because I left them in there and it, that was, don't do that. But yes, Price then I wear the flannel and then look, most days I do not actually wear the flannel out, but if it's cool out, you know, when you cross the desert, you don't do it in a t-shirt, yeah. man. I was it. not aware that you were coming from the pool in that picture. If in fact you were. Oh, I wasn't. That, that, what okay. happened was I went, I came from the pool, I took a shower and then I went to work and I was like, there's a little water on the inside of that flannel. It's nice and cool. <laughs> <laughs> get a button open. I look, I'm getting back in shape, Dan. I'm getting a little ego. So this is like, oh, and flannel's so hot. I have to open up the shirt and look at me. Yeah, there you go. Well, that it is, hasn't worked, but you know, it's worth a try. That uh, that does make a little bit more sense because the flannel, unlike just like your standard Oxford button down, if it gets oh the oh like through as much. Oh, who's wearing an Oxford button down right now? I, I am because it's ninety two degrees. And it's well, I'm going to tell you to this, do is, that. this is to your point. I wanted to wear the flannel for this, but it's too hot. <laughs> it's too damn I wanted hot. you to see the flannel, but like you're doing it. Like no, 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 not doing that. Not happening. I was wearing it earlier, but now it's too hot. All right. Well, so quick question here. Are we really going to start with flannel talk and not David Foster Wallace critical essay talk? Because that's how, that's what I thought we we're going to spend the first 45 minutes of this show on. Uh, I thought, I, I thought we were so really going to test the limits of how much we can push our audience. And a feminist I, critique of the works of David Foster Wallace would be a would be a pretty good way to test that. I mean, I think I said this on the pod before. People think I'm a DFW guy, and I do enjoy Infinite Jest quite a bit. At the same time, there is plenty to criticize, and every side is valid. And like he would, this he knew 
I, I don't want to get into it because I just don't care. I don't either. I don't either. No, it's a dumb, it's a dumb, very neat internet debate that gets trotted out every two months that the same 12 people participate in. Uh, it, it ends up taking over my feed for like half a day, but no one else in the world even knows what we're talking about. Did right? you know now. John Lennon beat his wife? Well, yes, he says so in It's Getting Better. Yeah. Like, yes, I can hold two ideas in my head at the same time. Now, sometimes those ideas can break, but um, enough about Kurt Schilling. <laughs> Ooh. In case people can't tell by the first five minutes of this podcast. It's All-Star Week. <laughs> there's no baseball today. This is legitimately, this, this day specifically, we're recording this on Thursday, is the worst day of the summer. I get it. I like that the All-Star break is longer because I was always, I always felt bad for the players, frankly. <laughs> uh, like, it's such a short break. Um, they don't, it's like hardly even qualifies as a break at all. So I'm glad that they, you know, did this Thursday thing a few years ago, but my God, it third, this day just sucks. Right around six o'clock tonight. Like I'm going to hit the point where I'm like, I'm going to watch some baseball and we're like, there's nothing on. It's brutal. It's brutal to get through tonight. I got a story for you before they went to the three days off instead of just the one day off the one day off was notorious especially in vegas this was before they were piped into sports all around the world as much for being the day where there was nothing on that's why the book called the odds by chad millman espn former espn guy i think editor of the magazine it's a good book and he's in the uh or he's someone's telling a story who worked at the casino the day after the all-star game they had to put on an old fight because that was the only like they had nothing to put on the tv and the gambling addicts who were there were like can we bet on this he's like (laughs) no it happened already Uh, damn that's sad that's a sad story that's the equivalent of this podcast so far. It really, really arguing. Is. They'd be arguing flannels at the bar. You gonna wear a flannel in Vegas? There's somebody there. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, it is brutal. It sucks. I hate it. But what are we gonna do? We we have a job to do. We have to endure. So, let's talk baseball. What's the segment we're doing? Wait, are we just gonna well, wait first? Well, we we have a draft. We are bringing back, this is a little teaser, what they call in show business, the teaser for the second half of the podcast. We are going to bring back an off-season staple and draft. And let's let's get this out of the way to make sure that we we drafted the same topic. This counts as off-season. This is like an oblast of the off-season. It kind of does, yeah. Um, So I hope and believe and I have prepared to draft second half headlines we want to see. Is that what you've prepared to? Yes, I have a whiteboard okay, good. with some written down, but some space to, you know, riff, improvise. Okay. Um, but before we get that, I mean, we do have some things to talk about. We have the draft, you know, right? We got the MLB draft, the MLB draft. Now, we shouldn't, now, frankly, we shouldn't talk too much about this because uh, people on this feed will see that there is a Red Seat, an episode of the Red Seat podcast that was released on Thursday this week with uh, Ian Condell of SoxProspects.com where they talk about the draft for about 90 minutes. 
Um, so if you want your actual draft coverage, I, I highly suggest our listeners go there. What we could do if you want is talk about my ranking of the best Red Sox draft picks according to how fun and cool their names are. Well, that that's, that, that could be our contribution. To that's the a given. Coverage. I just want to note about said Red Seat podcast at like 7.30 this morning, I get a text from Jake saying, okay, oh, how do I put in I the four ads? <laughs> and I said, you just put them in in the break. They want it in the first 15 minutes. And I go, uh, yeah. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, oh, I already screwed up. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> the monsters yeah, in I, Sock's way. I knew, I knew that was where that was going because I got a Slack message around 7.20. You got yours around 7.30 asking about that. And he came to and text. I, he, went, he didn't even go WhatsApp. He went text. He went, yo, yeah. I know you're awake. You got kids. Talk to me. Yeah, I had to, I had to break the news to him that I, as part of a, a very deliberate strategy on my part, have never edited one of these. <laughs> Don't have an answer for him, so I sent him to you instead. Anyhow, that that makes sense. Uh, Jake and Ian and Keaton are all and I are all in the same huge fantasy league, and uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've mentioned this before. Jake is very good at fantasy baseball. Ian is a very good scout and is good at mm. fantasy baseball. Uh, Ian's scouting every time I hear, like, there's two types of players. There's the guys who just break out and, like, go straight to the top, like Corbin Carroll or Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. I'm like, who's got them? Always Ian. And mm. then there's guys who I'm like, ooh, that guy's in single A, and he's getting, like, I believe he has, segue, Roman Anthony, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, who BP now has in the top 10 of prospects in baseball. No, they don't. It's no, my they... understanding that they no, do. No, you're wrong about that. No, 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 no. I they believe, put in the... no, I believe no, the Twitter no, will no. tell you otherwise. Real time. Fa- Did this happen today? Yesterday. What? Yeah. All right. Real time fact check this. There is no Let's way. It Roman is Anthony. Let's type it into Twitter together. All right, well, I don't have a BP subscription. No, so just to, type list. it into Twitter. Well, you can't trust Twitter. I can. <laughs> all right, fine. Hold on. Let me close all these David Foster Wallace tweets. Roman Anthony. The other thing about DFW is that the... Um, what? The this is water thing got really over overused. It's, oh, it's yeah, just, it sure did. It sure did. Um, this is insane. They have at number nine and they have them ahead of Meyer. Wow. I'm telling you, man, it's the rise of Rome. You like wow, that? Wow, wow, wow. I do like that. Um, that is incredible. Well, I'm not so sure it's incredible that he's ahead of Meyer, but that he's that high is more incredible. I think that the Meyer doubt is starting to like. It does seem to be a thing that's happening right now, it's a little, doesn't it? It's a little not, not necessarily doubt. It's more just like he's maybe – I mean, at the time he was drafted, I think no, nobody is a consensus superstar. That doesn't exist in baseball in the draft in the minor league world. Um, oh, it's it just did, and the, Spencer the, Torkelson showed you how much that's worth. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, fair. But even Torkelson, like that's a good like Torkelson didn't get that label until he hit the upper minors. No one, Stra- no one at the draft. Stras- Strasburg and Strasburg is as close. Harper are like the yeah. two. The two Strasburg players. and Harper are as close as, as baseball is ever going to get to it to that where there's someone in the draft who people are like, this is a future superstar. Um, and props, props in both cases, they were right. Yes, absolutely. But in Myers' case, while no one was like he is a super future, uh, a future superstar at the draft, they were saying he certainly could be. He has all the tools to be. Um, and now I think even before, I mean, he certainly struggled to adjust in Portland. Although the power is nice, yeah, he has more power in Portland um, than he did in Greenville. But he's really struggling with his hit tool down there. And even before that, you know, we were starting to hear some reports of people who were a little, little concerned about a little more spring and miss than they anticipated. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, look, the, the fact of the matter is no one is likely to become a superstar. And that probably is how we should be thinking of Marcelo Myers. But again, Jackson Holiday is trying to prove that all wrong because that boy's good. The Orioles are uh, – I I was wrong about the Orioles this year. Holy yeah. smokes, was I wrong. <laughs> Shit. They're still and, overperforming a little bit, you know, if you, yes. if you take a look at the numbers yes. under the hood. Um, but, the, but what's scary is that they – should just keep getting better for the next two or three years. And we see this, we see this happen a lot with teams like the Orioles. Certainly, you know, the the example that will always stick out in my mind is the 2008 Rays, you know, teams that, you know, are, are tanking for extended period of time and, you know, you're tracking the progress and you're seeing that there's a future there, but then all of a sudden they jump on the scene one year before everyone expects it to. Um, I think that's yeah, that's what we're seeing with the Orioles here. This is this is still a little early. I'm still not, uh, you know, a huge believer in the talent level of this particular team, but it doesn't matter because the the, the, the wins are in the books. They're looking like strong, strong contenders to make the postseason, and then they're just going to be better next year and the year after that. Better them than the Yankees, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, although I'll say this, it, it, just, all right. Let's just talk about the AL East for a little bit. Well, um, first, first, I do you want to do your your name rankings, or you want to do that later? <laughs> let's finish up. Let's let's finish up talking about the AL East just a little bit. A little quick AL East talk, and then we'll and then we can go back to the MLB draft. First, um, hold on. But before the AL East talk, we are going to take a break at the time we're supposed to take a break. Oh, shit. Now. Is it 15 minutes already? 14 minutes. I built in some banter time. This is that banter. <laughs> that was smart. We'll be back after this. I told you we'd be back, and we were. All right, AL East. Let's go. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, look, the AL East, everyone's talking about how historically great it could be this season, how bad it is for the Red Sox. All of those things are true. But just looking at the Orioles specifically, I'll say this. I was terrified of the Blue Jays three years ago. I thought this Blue Jays team was an absolute juggernaut in the making. And it's not happening. And I don't quite know why it's not happening. You know, I guess Vlad Guerrero hasn't quite kept up the superstar pace that he was on two years ago. And for whatever reason, pitchers who should be good for the Blue Jays just aren't. Um, Alec Manoa obviously being the prime example of that this year. He was a he was uh, probably at 
I don't know the betting lines, but I'm guessing he was in the top 10 of the AL Cy Young favorites coming into the year. Um, and he has just completely lost the ability to get major league hitters out. Okay. Um, well, that's a matter of, do you count the Tigers as major league hitters? Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I do think Manoa will be back. You know, I think, I don't, I don't I think, think Manoa's is... problem is he, he's a big guy and he got even bigger. Mm, yeah. We've seen, it... Like we've seen pitchers with his body type. Mm-hmm. Spathia comes to mind. That's uh, Lynn. And you need, they need to state like Sabathia. I saw a clip of him talking recently about how when he lost, when he went <laughs> under 300 pounds intentionally to like get in better shape and pitch, he's like, I could pitch 90, 89. He's like, I needed to be, but it, it's a balancing act. Right. They need to be big, but they can't be too big. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's young, so like he has plenty of time to figure out the body shape that works for him. And I mean, he—if—if—if if, if that sort of dip doesn't happen again, that's one of the all-time blips that I oh, can yeah. remember. Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. Except for yeah. what I heard. And I'm not saying he's going to have the same career because it would be incredibly disrespectful, but the same thing happened to Roy Halliday. Yeah. I was just going to mention that. Although, and, and I mean, it's talking about the blue Jays too. Roy Halliday. I don't think I'd have to look at this. I don't think he was as good as Manoa was before he was demoted though. Um, I, you know, I think he was like he was in the league for a couple of years and was sort of just a guy, and then was demoted and came back as Roy Hall as as Roy Halliday. I don't think that he was ever, you know, the, the on the star trajectory that Manoa was before the demotion. Um, but yeah, that's the first name that came to mind too. I can't really think for pitchers. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, we've certainly just seen, lose it. Like we've seen people lose it completely. Yes, we haven't that happens seen all the time. Lose it completely, and then and then back. a month later come back and be like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, and it's not an injury thing. It's just I forgot how to pitch for three months of my life. Anyhow, I agree with you. When I saw I I <clears throat> I look at these Orioles a lot. Like I looked at those Blue Jays. I, if anything, I thought those Blue Jays are better than these Orioles are. Now. Oh, totally. I, I totally did. Yes, pitching yeah. was night and day. And and the other thing too is that what scares you about the Blue Jays, and this sort of factors into the discussion, is that the, the Blue Jays can, if they want to, be a financial powerhouse. Toronto is a massive, massive city. It's a much bigger market than Boston, and they frankly have the market of the entire country of Canada behind them. Plus, um, they just monopoly. They have monopoly money. They could just, you know, give it yeah. away. Yeah, it's not real. It's not real at all. Even though it's, is it weaker than the dollar right now? I don't know. But you're right. It doesn't matter. It's not real. This Prince Prince Charles is. Oh, money speaking with Prince about Charles money being about money. the same tangent, I don't know if you saw my tweet this morning. For the I don't I use cash almost ever. Okay, but three times in the last month, <clears throat> I've found what look like quarters and are the size and weight and general design of quarters but are uae coins yeah this is really interesting to me i mean you're in the new york area so you would be more likely to receive and i wonder is it like it could just be you know we're talking about one of the the richest per capita countries in the world and it's summertime 
Is there just like an influx of super rich? No, no. I mean, there's, there's tons of French people live near me. Tons of Mandarin people live near me. I found three. I am guessing not to disparage the government of the UAE. I didn't say shit, but I will say that it is my expectation. And maybe I'll try it now that I have three of them that a United States coin machine will not be able to tell the difference. I find and I, I think that I like those machines I, are pretty sophisticated. Well, we'll find out, but either way, I, somebody's passing them off as American currency. <laughs> and in my case, they're succeeding because it is actually two of them. I got to change one. I just found on the ground. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe, Somebody was trying to take that out of circulation and use wild back into circulation. It has nothing to do with the Rays or the Yankees, who <laughs> the Red Sox could pass by the time we have our next conversation. They could, they could. So yeah, I mean, I I wrote after the last Yankee series that I was expecting the Red Sox to to surpass the Yankees, and the Red Sox went out and got kind of Marlins. Um, but no, the Yankees team doesn't scare me. Although I will say, like talking about the AL East in general and looking at a team like the Blue Jays and realizing that their window is maybe closing and I don't, and I'm not sure they have the ownership that sort of wants to remain elite long-term. I think they have an ownership team that's perfectly happy going through cycles. Um, it, <laughs> All, all things considered, as as poor as I think the Yankees roster is right now, as strong as the Rays and the Orioles look and the Jays still are, I wouldn't be surprised if over the next five years the Yankees still have the most wins out of any team in the AL East, would you? Because they're, 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 they're the only team that tries to win as many games they as possible don't every year. They don't anymore. They're us. We're I them. They're doing the same thing we're doing. They're the I'm same. I'm not sure that. No, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. They're still going out and adding. They added Garrett Cole a few years ago. They added Rodon last Garrett year. They yes. Rodon is old. Has They added Rodon, yes, but they have had the full experience of adding Rodon, which is he doesn't play well, he half the time at yeah. best. No, I know. And I'm not saying these are necessarily. They didn't trade for Juan Soto. No, they did not train for Juan Soto, um, but they had right field covered. For the, they didn't for sign Corey Seager. No, look, I'm not saying that they're going to go out and sign every single big name free agent. And I'm not even saying that their moves, you know, that they've been like a smart, savvy team. But they're still, they're never going to shy away from spending on free agents. They're, they're, they're not going to spend on every single free agent there is out there. But they're not going to go through a period like the Sox have gone through where they're basically going to say we're only, you know, we're staying away from all the big names. And if we can get a guy like Trevor Story on something of a discount because of his arm troubles, we'll do it. But other than that, we're we're just sort of out for the next four years. The Yankees will never do that. The Yankees will never just be like we're out on big free agents for four years. Well, that don't ruin one of my headlines, okay? Let's okay. pump the brakes here. All right, all right, but, all right. Another tease for the draft. Yeah, another tease for the draft. But I, I have to say, I may actually write and finish a piece about this because I finally have an idea that I can I can immediately see from start to finish. So I'll just tell you what it is. Uh, it's that 
if the Red Sox beat the Yankees this year, every nothing else matters to me. That sort of is true every single year, but especially this year. Um, I would love that to happen. Um, I, I think I've, you know, I mentioned on this before, I have been waiting for so long for the Yankees to finish under 500 or in last place. I'll take either one. This year they could finish in last place and over 500, which would be, that would be super annoying and frustrating actually. Um, because Yankees fans would, while still being annoyed at finishing last place, obviously, they would never stop shutting up about how they they were the best last place well, team of all time. If they don't do it, we're going to. We're so going I mean. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have been waiting for the Yankees to be bad for so long, pretty much since 2009, when you know when they brought in the Teixeira, um, AJ Burnett, TC Sabathia free agent class. And while it obviously worked for them in the short term, they won the World Series in 2009. I was smugly looking at it from my perch of sabermetric-driven sustainability and saying, ha look at all those bad contracts. You guys are screwed. You're good now. In, in three years, you're going to be under 500. You're going to be in last place. They haven't been because they just continue to spend to keep themselves in contention. Um, so, But I've been waiting for a long time. If it happens this year, I'll be pretty happy about it. Except, like I said, I think you know they're gonna they're gonna stay above five hundred, finish in last place, and then we will hear about that feat achieved by the Yankees for the next ten years. Great, let let them brag about that. <laughs> oh, that that's what you're bragging about. Oh, you, you sweet little baby. All right, should we get into our draft, or should we touch on the major league draft? I don't have anything to say on the major league draft. I think you're right that. Uh, Ian Cundle, Jake Devereaux, they have it covered. They got it covered. I know that people have, based on what you said, people have thoughts about like the Red Sox strategy and all that. And mm. uh, cool, but as you said, it's like draft draft coverage is kind of a funny thing, especially MLB <laughs> draft coverage where it's not like the NBA oh, draft. Yeah, there totally. are two. You're picking two players, yeah. right? And or, like theoretically never yeah. works that way but and 90 i would say at least like 95 percent of draft content that you will read on the internet is really all just sort ultimately sourced from the same like three guys like yeah. you have callus out there and you got keith law and you got a couple of other under you know under the radar names and they're the ones that do all the primary source scouting and reporting and then everyone else is just recycling their shit no one actually has opinions of their own on the Zan Zanatello. Like that's just not nobody's seen these guys. And I and so I'm always a little amused by draft coverage. I'm really amused seeing fans get, you know, beyond the top five picks where the, you know, those guys now are pretty well known commodities. Um, especially the big college guys, which which in the past few drafts that that you know they've they've been the headline names at the top of the draft board. Sure, whatever. Feel free to go ahead and get excited about well, Paul Skeens, but it's also you, like function of the Red Sox like being further along in the process. Like, yeah, I was way more into like the Nick York draft when that was the foundation of what is happening. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's but the the Nick York. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up Nick York because of course, the Nick York pick was panned by the quote unquote consensus as a huge overreach. 
Um, and then he went out and had an outstanding first year as a pro and, and jumped into the top 100 lists. And he had an awful second year as a pro and was dumped out of all the top 100 lists. And now he's bounced back a little bit, though not quite to the highs that he was at two years ago. And so it's just, it's just ridiculous to see people in real time declare winners and losers of the draft. And well, get it's super the same with the Yoshida signing where there is an element to when it's these pure subjective calls, when everyone is like, well, that's stupid. It's like, okay, maybe it wasn't though. Yeah, no, like, and that's, and that's the thing. It's when, when so few people actually have the primary source firsthand knowledge of these guys, when we say something is stupid, all we're saying is, well, this team didn't agree with the vague consensus of the existing establishment. That's all we're saying. But that doesn't mean it was a bad choice. They might be right. Who the hell knows? We won't know for three or four years. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. All right, let's do all our right. draft then. Okay, well, let's do it. So you have nothing to say about the names and no, <laughs> no corrections there? Nope, I'm fine. All right. Jojo and Gracia, number one, then we're in agreed. We're in agreed right. there. Yeah, I'm in. All right, so... What we're going to do here is we're both how many how many headlines we have each five. I got five. All right, and then we're going to put them in a pool and then draft the the headlines. Okay, you go first because you you have very imaginative headlines. Well, you have the puns. I once again did not go to puns, um, but I will go first. Um, so here we go. Off season headlines we want to see. I'm going to make as my first pick. Wait, second half headlines. Oh, second half. I'm sorry. Right, right, right. Second half headlines. This was inspired by one of our first drafts we did, which was off-season headlines that we want to see. Um, so that's why it's second half. But here we go. Second half headlines we want to see. First, Kike Hernandez excited to turn page as new Monsters of Socks podcast co-host. Kike, it's over for you in the field, buddy. Woo! It just uh, is, but I don't want to lose him in our lives. This is the perfect solution. Tell me I'm wrong. It's just so it's going to be logistically hard to get all three of us. It's easy when it's just two of us. Well, I'm envisioning him retiring. That's that's what the, that's the subtext of this headline. The mm. subtext of this headline is saying, I don't have it anymore. I'm done but I want to stick around. I want to stay in a Red Sox adjacent role. What's his contract? Is he up after this year? He's up after this year, yeah. Do you think he's a cut candidate? Oh, I absolutely think he's a cut candidate. Absolutely. He I don't will think he catch will. on. He would 100% catch on somewhere else, though. I, well, I think he'll be on the – at first, I think he'll be on the trading block. Um, I don't – similar to what we well, discussed with the ball last a, week. That is a trade that I could see them making. Yeah. That's well, like I just functional. don't know – I don't know just how much they'll get for for Kike. Um, I think I think he's a candidate. I don't think he will be the one to be cut um, because he is still the best defensive outfielder on the team right now, um, and you don't necessarily want to cut a guy who's the best at anything on your team. And so I can see when Trevor Story comes back, you know, I, I think. I think Christian Arroyo probably has a little bit more to be scared of than Kike Hernandez. Um, but yeah, I would not be surprised at all 
to see one of Hernandez or Arroyo off the team by the end of the month. Well, between them, nothing against Christian Arroyo. I do think he would be a better podcast host. We'd have to make it a video. We'd have to switch to video. I mean, we do video. We, we just don't record it. Yeah. But we would have to record it like the Pod Boys. Uh, yeah, you and, don't. You don't. Uh, you don't keep Kike Hernandez's face buried behind an audio feed. No, I feel, like there would be I feel like there oh, would be hijinks. I feel like there would be hijinks. There would. Yes, there absolutely would. Uh, so All yeah, right. there you go. Let's let's Kike Hernandez retire. Join the pod. I'm going to start with a uh, genuine one, and then we get into shit posting. Uh, this is what I really want to see. Sox win 10th straight behind Whitlock Jim. Very straightforward. Like, because that combines the, okay, we won 10 in a row. We are off the 500 seesaw. Barring 10 losses in a row, but let's just. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's definitive, but. Right. But also incorporating Whitlock into it shows a potentiality going forward to make a little noise if you had. Frankly, if you had Whitlock and Paxton pitching at their best, I mean, Whitlock at his theoretical best because it's all theoretical, but that's the point. Yeah, I didn't choose Paxton because we know Paxton can do it. Right. We know Paxton can do it. We know Bale can do it. Right, so I'm sort of aspirationally saying if Whitlock does it, then you have Paxton Bayo Whitlock. Something's happening, Something's right. ha- and uh, then yeah. you'd Im- implied is you'd be ahead of the Yankees, but um, yeah, that's just the uh, that's the. I mean, that's fun. I want that to happen, but it's the least fun headline. I like where your head's at. We're all pulling for Garrett Whitlock. I unfortunately am going to have to go a slightly different direction with my second headline. Oh boy. James Paxton exits Philly's debut in third inning. <laughs> I am doing. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, not, not done yet. Oh, not done. oh my God. <laughs> James oh, yes. Paxton exits Philly's debut in third inning. Red Sox high and bloom declares no backsies. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing! And look, I'm not even saying I. I know I, you don't. I'm not want saying to I want him to get hurt. I know. I, I, well, I'm not. I don't. I don't even know if I want him to get traded. But I, ugh, when I look at the cold hard reality of this team, and of James Paxton, and of James Paxton's various ailments, it's hard for me to say that, regardless of where their record is, if you can get something good for him, you kind of have to. I don't think so. I do just I I'm starting to actually disagree with that premise because I mean you made the point they have played a very tough schedule so far. Mm-hmm. They just swept the A's like a bubbling brook going by. They're in it they're in it whatever. I know you have an incredible disdain for it being the playoff system as it is, but they are in it. So they are in it. They are in it. And you are look, and if you make the playoffs, you can win the world series. It doesn't matter what your regular season record was. It doesn't matter what seed you are. You can win the world series and make the playoffs. Having said that, here's what I'll say about the big question of buying or selling at this trade deadline. The Red Sox have for 
four years now been intentionally mediocre. Actually, for one of those years, they were intentionally terrible. The 2020 tank job, which we've discussed, which I have no problem with. But for the past three years following 2020, the plan has been pretty clear going into the season. It's we're going to do what we can to try and sneak into the playoffs, but we're not going to overextend ourselves. We're not committing to anything long-term. We're not selling anybody who is who has the least bit of young potential. And the result of that has been three kind of mediocre baseball seasons. Granted, one of them, 2021, ended up being a lot of fun. Um, but it was a team that, you know, got to where it got because it was really healthy and just – Got a lot of best case scenarios. 99 percentile outcome. Absolutely. And look, we're still there three years later. At this point, I kind of feel like like we've bought the ticket. We need to finish the ride. And holding on to James Paxton at this point, a guy who's a free agent, a guy whose, whose body could break down so easily again, a guy that you might not even want to sign in the offseason because his body could break down. Holding on to him instead of getting one more top 100 prospect, it's just it's, it, it goes against what the team's been trying to do for the last four years. And as much as I've been frustrated by the forced austerity and the direction and the, the chosen mediocrity at this point, I'm like, well, maybe we should just finish the job. See, I think that since it's such a two track sneak into the playoffs work long-term the mileage they got from the fluky 2021 has really run a lot of cover for the whole project. And I think that that is worth it. I mean, look, they, they, they took the Astros to game six. We I'm, cluckingly say that's 99 percentile outcome but you know what they were in it and you got to be in it to win it so i think this is and then there's also i I think i guess they better one other thing that one was and they owe it to us to go for it enough maybe not to go for it but to not give up on it because trading patent is giving it up is giving up on it yeah But, but, but your headline is noted in the easy leader in the clubhouse. All right. Let me go next before we get too far down that. All right. Uh, Do you, do you speak Spanish? No habla español. Okay. Do you know if, if, if the month, July is pronounced Julio or Julio? Probably Julio, right? It's got to be Julio, right? right. But no, so Cinco de Julio, Jaron Duran sets major league record with five doubles. Whoa. And that um, plays on his team Mexico. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Is, is this Does this happen on like the last day of July? Is it- it's going to happen <laughs> between now and the end of July. Between now and August 1st. Okay, I do I do like that. I especially like that too because as you mentioned, it, it plays on the Team Mexico thing, which we've, we've kind of forgotten this now. Jared Duran was 
kind of hilariously and disrespectfully the mascot of Team Mexico in the WBC. I think he was, he the, was, son, like he was their, the run Sobrero guy and who never actually got in the field. He was like their gringo. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's our guy. Um, but he... Look, I... I Correlation and causation, you'll never know, but it doesn't seem like being on Team Mexico was bad for Jared Duran. No, it doesn't. Well, I mean, it may theoretically he maybe he could have started the, the season like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. But but probably I, I'm no problem. gift horse. I'm not looking this gift horse in the mouth. What he has done has been, I mean, He's been great. He's been great. So this is not, I mean, not in the field all the time, but his hitting is there. So I like So I'm going to break some, I'm going to break some news for you here. I mean, it's not real news, uh, um, but Savant has new stats today. And I just, I just saw this on Twitter before we started recording and I pulled it up. So they have new, they have new base running leaderboards. Oh, and, what these leaderboards do, this is not about stolen bases. This is all about taking extra bases. And they basically, and they, and they, they, they measure this on both the side of the runner and the outfielders. And they're determining, they're looking at, you know, what, what the expected outcomes should be, which base runners are doing better or worse than their expected outcomes, which outfielders are doing better or worse than their expected outcomes. Now I'll just start start with the outfield right now. Um, we probably knew this going into it. Red Sox outfield is not good at preventing runners from taking the extra base. In fact, Masataki Yoshida is the fifth worst in all of baseball in this metric right here. And Verdugo and Duran. Verdugo, I think, was in the 60s. And Duran was in the 70s. Um, I'm a little – I'm not that surprised with Duran. We, we've talked about – you know, Duran's not a natural center fielder and it's been a struggle for him to, to adjust up there. I'm a little surprised that Verdugo is that low. One, because Verdugo is a, is a former pitcher who, when he first came into the league, had one of the absolute best arms in all of baseball. It's, it's, it's dipped back a little bit from his younger days, but still should be strong enough. And we also saw, like, he came into the year in better shape and he's been faster by most metrics. So I'm a little disappointed by that. But on the base running side... Do you care to guess? So obviously we're talking about Jaron Duran, so I won't keep that a surprise. Jaron Duran is the best Red Sox base runner this year at taking the extra base, and, and number two isn't even close. You want to guess what his rank is league-wide? Eight. Eight. You, Mr. Brian Joyner, have lost your title as the Jaron Duran guy. Oh, I mean, I was just, I was being conservative. I mean, that's I what I mean because he is the fourth best base runner in baseball at taking that's, extra base. No, I mean that was the that was the one thing when he was struggling. That was the one thing they always said that yeah. he's one of the best base runners, uh, like in the league when he plays. Yeah, and you look at this list too, and you know the the name test matches the stats. The top five is Miles Straw, Corbin Carroll, Bobby Witt Jr., Duran, and then Byron Buxton. 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 Wow. Uh, that's okay. Well, yeah, that's so. There you go. That's what. That's why. That's why he's going to hit five doubles this month. Yeah. There you go. 
right. All right, my turn? Yeah. All right, here we go. Alberto Mondesi, ready to return to action after medical staff determines, whoops, sock shortstop just had mono this whole time. Have you, I mean, I know you've seen The Simpsons because we're similar ages, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was there a Simpsons mono episode? No, it's uh, like, oh, he was taken to one hospital where he's pronounced dead. He was then taken to oh, a better hospital where he's pronounced alive. <laughs> yeah, I did that, yeah. I don't like, know. Oh, no. No idea what episode that is in reference to, but yeah. I, I don't know, know but Mondesi, uh, again. That's a good one because I'm never gonna forget Alberto Mondesi. <laughs> this really is something. It's a wild ride. It it's is. A, it's a like a virtual wild ride. Wild ride. Yeah. You I don't know how it, we went to like hopeful for opening day to he's dead. Alberto Mondesi is dead. Were there any setbacks? No, not really. Like nothing happened. You didn't. You didn't re-injure the ACL. You know. It was like a new injury that popped up like it was with Paxson last year. Just nope, just not ready. Just can't just can't do it. God, that, that Paxson headline is gonna win by a mile. This is like F1. We're all playing for second place. Uh we'll see. We'll see. All right. This one's good. It's not as good. A Bronx life. Aaron Boone extended forever. <laughs> Okay, so wait. So the pun is on a Bugs Life, the Pixar movie. Oh, I'm sorry, a Bronx. Years I was ago, say a, yeah, or like you could go with a Bronx Tale. Aaron Boone. Yeah, that's been done for time. life. Uh, but either way, the point a Bronx is, fail. Ah. no, but then no, because that's what they're going to do when they fire him. When they're definitely going to use. That's good. I'm sure. I'm sure it's already been used a million times. Uh, but yeah, let's go with. <laughs> So you yeah, just to, just to clarify, you want to see him extended for? Oh life yes, because yes, oh okay. yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's kind of a clown. I still, I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a major stumbling block for this team this year. Aaron Boone's no, but he's just dugout management. But he's a yeah. I don't. I don't he's, think he's not. <clears throat> Girardi was a dick, and that's what got him like canned mm-hmm. i mean girardi was fired by the marlins after before he was fired and then he won manager of the year for that season he managed yeah uh he he was a dick but he was a d- dick in a very earned yankee way and sort of it seemed he was a good fit for the yankees like exactly. you said like yeah he was a good fit aaron boone does not seem like a good fit and i love it yeah, I always thought that that was a weird choice from the moment they announced it. It made no if sense. If he had never hit that home run, it never would have happened. <clears throat> the fact that it's lasted this long is amazing. It really is. It really is. And I don't really get why he wanted to do it either. It's not, you know. Uh, I, I do because he's a boon. Like, it's not, he's, he's not just a guy. His whole <coughs> has been in and around baseball. Sure, but what the hell so is to him? It's probably just a natural days. extension of like, well, I'm you know, I'll, yeah, I'll be manager of the Yankees. Yeah, it is yeah, like it is. the. I mean, some people think it's the best job in baseball, so there's that too. 
Yeah, that's insane. I, I frankly, frankly, I always get confused as to certain players. I get why they want to become managers, and you know, you see like Alex Cora and you see Jason Veritek, and you get it. And it, and it may, and then you see Jason Veritek, who's willing to put in, put in the hard years as the like sixth assistant coach. There's game a lot. Planning I mean, it's a lot that. of middle infielders and catchers, and it's not right. a coincidence. But but what's funny about Boone is that like Boone never put in that time. <laughs> it's just on ESPN, which says to me like like if that's your first move and you go right to Sunday Night Baseball and you don't ever do the Jason Veritek pitch tracking thing, that says to me like you don't really want to be in the dugout as much as these other guys do. It's just like well if I can be the manager of the Yankees, sure I'll do it. Well, this is why I want him extended for life. Yeah. Like, if he got fired from the Yankees, would he even try to be a manager for any other team? I think he would just be like, well, that's Go right back to TV. Yeah, go right back to TV. Yeah, which is why I think it's a weird Well, we'll thing. find right. out in uh, in October, probably. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. All right. All right. Uh, next one. So my last two are kind of connected. Um, so this is sort of the setup, but I'll, I'll just put it out there anyway. Bobby Dahlbeck. Strikes outside in return to mound for Woo Sox. If you recall, this is a little bit of a callback, what they call in the industry a callback, because in our off-season headlines draft, I talked about how I wanted Verdugo <laughs> to, to transition to a two-way player in the off-season. And at the time, I said, you know, I think Verdugo's hit his ceiling. I think he's nothing more than mediocre. Let's see what we can get out of this. Because as I said, Verdugo, Verdugo still views himself as a two-way player who's just on hiatus from doing it and wants to go back. I don't know if that's going to be the case if he's going to perform at an all-star level for the, for the remaining of his prime years, but that's what he says anyway. It looks like my wanting him sort of caused a reverse jinx scenario as he's had the, the best season of his career at the plate and in the field. Oh, so oh, congratulations. maybe I can do this for Dahlbeck too. You, you're, Dahlbeck was an thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. pitcher. Yes, you're you, welcome. You did it. You're thank welcome. You. I did. I did. I did. Um, but Dahlbeck was an outstanding pitcher in college. And famously, speaking of uh, former announcers becoming managers, Alex Cora called a game of his during the College World Series and said that he was one of the most impressive college pitchers he's ever seen. Um, he doesn't like it. He much prefers to hit. Um, but, you know, I, I wrote about this you know, season two. I think it's anything it might be worth exploring for him. And he doesn't have a spot on the Red Sox right now. Very good chance he gets traded over the next 19 days. But if he isn't, let's have some fun, Bobby D. Step on the I mound as a relief pitcher DH. I love that. I got to tell you, Alex Verdugo, when Ichiro said I could be a pitcher, I believed him. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> we'll see. He'll 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 try to get on the mound someday. I'm sure it, it might not be. The problem is, it might not be until well after his prime. In fact, at this point, that's probably how it'll happen because it's he's he's become too valuable as just a, an everyday player to mess around with this shit. But once his prime is over in four or five years, he might he might start barking about pitching again. But by that time, we won't you know we won't see the best the best of him. All right, ready for my next one? Let's hear it. Cinco de Augusto. Jaron Duran ties his own record with five doubles in a game in August. 
Uh, why didn't you go to Sisto or <laughs> say what is it? Say because it's say got the play on the Cinco de Mayo, so we're just gonna. Okay, okay. I'm just gonna keep doing that. Also, okay. I'm not getting greedy here. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. I would love to see it. I wouldn't mind seeing him die a club record in triples, um, which I assume is two. I or well, that probably three. I'm sure at some point over the last 122 years, somebody had three triples in the game. Um, that's what I would want to see because triples are obviously the coolest thing in baseball. So uh, they're pretty cool. Yeah. By the way, I don't think we should rank these headlines because Paxton wins. So obviously, we'll just you know. Well, we got we have one more round here. Go so ahead. Go All ahead. Right, my last one. Angels confident that Bobby Dahlbeck was coming. Knew this. Was newly coming. acquired in the Otani blockbuster can fill superstars two way shoes. <laughs> So this is why the Sox moved all back to the mound as a way to entice the Angels to trade them Otani. Because the Angels, being the Angels, will will say we will trade Otani only if somebody else can send us the next two way superstar. So the Red Sox raise their hands and say, "Here's Bobby Bombs for you." You mean Bobby Dahlbeck? Said Bobby Bombs. Oh, I thought you said Bobby, Bobby Bonds. Bonds. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't Bobby Bonds would Bobby be. A, Bonds. And Bobby Bonds wouldn't be a great return for Otani, but he was good. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he's pretty damn good. Barry Bonds' dad was good, folks. Yeah. All right. There my you last go. One. So, so in my in my second half, I envision the Red Sox both selling James Paxton and trading for Shohei Otani. I love it. All right, last headline. I think it was. I don't remember the exact wording, but same one that I did in the offseason. Hi, I'm Bloom. <laughs> yes, you were all right about Mookie. I was lying. There you go. That's it. We're, we're yeah. going to, it's, you Mookie's know. Mookie's having the, a hell of a year. Dude. Hell of a year. Dude. This, I mean, I just want to point out that, like, this is the, Fourth season, right? That he's not on the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. At what point were the the who oh, this contract is not worth it? At what point will it have already paid for itself? Like how much? How many more years of this do we need? I think I think it possibly like, already. It had. can't be many. <laughs> it can't because when people complain about those things. They don't take into effect inflation. I've been listening to a lot of and just and expansion of revenues uh, yeah. where the like quarterback salaries are amazing because of the NFL, the way the salary cap works. The highest paid quarterback will just be the most recent guy who signed the contract. Um, like not always, but usually it kind of doesn't matter the skill level. The point is, it's going up. So, like, you're basing it on, okay, yes, if economics did not change from here on out. And even that was wrong. But, yes, Mookie, that, that's my last one. Okay. So, anyhow, in the draft, who goes first in the draft? Who goes first in the draft? Wait, what are you asking? Are, are, we, drafting, first in the draft are we drafting these headlines? No, that was – Oh, something. you meant drafting the headlines. No, I meant we just – we just did the draft. We just did it. We created them. That's not no, them. no. We did. My first pick was no, what I well, came no, up no. with. No, That's no. how My we did this all is... off season. What are you talking about right now? 
This is like the 22nd draft we've done, and now you're trying to change it up. <laughs> no, this is water, man. This is water. Just straightforward. I don't know. Okay, there's no behind it. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I loved the I loved the Paxton one. That that's that's the winner. It would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, are we gonna talk about this weekend series? Uh, let's do it. The Cubbies. Uh, what what are the problem? By the way, just uh, real quick, while while one of us looks up the probable pitchers, um, Mookie is second in baseball in Baseball Reference four right now. Were you aware of that? Who's first, Otani? It's not Otani. Actually, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll say something. This is kind of a surprising top ten. There are a lot of surprises on this top ten. Actually, number one is Ronald Acuna Jr. Well, that's not surprising. He's got four. That is not bases. surprising. That is not surprising. Number three is not surprising either, although it would be surprising if you just watched the All-Star game and did not see his name there, one Wander Franco, um, who really got screwed. I will that's one thing. Major League Baseball, let's talk about the All-Star game real quick here. Um, I actually think that Major League Baseball is doing just about everything right with the All-Star game these days. I think they've, you know, really are diving in and fully embracing the let's just have fun here. They're kind of, I, I don't know if this was at the directive of major league baseball or just something organic, but like certainly with the home run derby, the Latin stars have just kind of been like, we're taking this thing over. You guys can come with us if you want, but like, this is our night. We're taking it over. We're having fun. We're putting on a show and they are the home run derby has been great. I think the game itself has been great. I love what they're doing with the in-game interviews. But the one thing that Major League Baseball really does need to fix is they need to fix the selection process, which is screwed up in a lot of ways. And the fact that Wander Franco, who's third in all of baseball in war, who's a super exciting young star on the best team in baseball in 2023, wasn't at the All-Star game. And it was really just because of the various different ways that the, like what it was is he didn't win the fan voting. And then the, the players vote on the backups for each position. And Bo Bichette got the nod over Franco, which is, you know, fine, whatever. He deserves to be an all-star too. Um, but then at that point, now they have to start getting in the relief pitchers. And Oh, know, oh wait a minute. Who was the one who wanted somebody from every team? Was it I Dan still want or that. was it Brian? No, 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 no. no. I still want that. You I still want, want that. It's not. No, no, no. Here's my solution. Here's my solution. You can't have it all, Dan. The problem, the problem with what they do is, like I said, they make the players vote on the reserves. And so they ask the players to vote for one player from each position, along with like three starters and three relievers or something like that. And what they should do instead is just say, as have the players vote for like 20 or 25 guys. And then they can make a rule that, like, you have to have one guy from it, from, you know, each position. You have to have at least one guy. But beyond that, just vote for whoever you want. And then Major League Baseball should basically, like, pick, fill the reserves from that list so that they can step in and make sure that Wander Franco is there. Because it's insane that the guy who's third in baseball in war on the best team in baseball wasn't at the All-Star game. It's absolutely insane. So they got to fix that. But otherwise, I love. I think. I think everything they're doing with All Star Weekend is 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 really knocking it out of the park right now. I don't. I don't know what you think, but the Cunha is on base for thirty eight homers and seventy five steals. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> oh, Johnny's on pace for fifty seven home runs and twenty steals. Yeah. 
So Otani, surprisingly, this is just baseball references version, only sixth in the league. Um, I gave you the top three. Do you you want to take (laughs) – you will never get who four and five are. I don't know. Well, I was looking at the fan graphs. Now I closed it, so it won't be exactly the same. But uh, is Sean Murphy one of them? He is not. He's Mm. number 13. This is this is hitting. This is everything. This is just this. uh, Actually, I am just looking at the. I am on their batting tab, um, which is maybe why Otani is not number one. (laughs) Yeah, because I. uh, I mean, I was just looking at it, and of course, I've forgotten most of it already. I remember Luis Robert was up there, but that's yeah, not- you're right. You're right. Okay. So overall, Otani is number one and it's not close. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that does restore some. This is, got, I mean, barring injury, this has got to be the earliest I've thought both MVPs have been like absolutely totally locked up. Yeah. I think that's true. It's I just, true. there's nothing like yeah. if they don't get injured, they are winning the MVPs. So four and five just offensively, and they are five and six overall because Otani leaps them when he adds in the pitchers are number six, Luis Robert. That's not terribly surprising. Number five, Hassan Kim. Oh, yeah. I mean, but he's he's just remember, I wanted the Red Sox to get him. He's uh, I know there was all sorts of talk about is it does Tanner help for Hassan Kim make sense? And my god, that really would have made sense for this particular Red Sox team if they had they would have gone from the absolute worst defensive shortstop position in all of baseball to probably number one if Hassan Kim had played a full season for them. Yeah, all right, let's talk about the Cubs if we must. Cubs. All right. Do you have probable pitchers up? Uh, I know you were telling me to do that. But, uh, <laughs> well, I don't think I directly. I said one of us should do it. So maybe that's well, I started favorite. to do it and then I stopped. Um, okay. Let's see. They don't have them listed. All right. I got it. Here we, okay, go. Here we go. Friday night. Tonight, Red Sox ace Brian Bayo takes the hill against Kyle Hendricks. Tomorrow night, Red Sox other ace and future Phillies ace against Paxton. Lies, lies. What What did you say? I said Bayo against Hendricks. What did you say for Saturday? You said tomorrow what? I said tomorrow. Where are they playing? You said tomorrow night. Where are they playing? Oh, I said night. That's what you're getting upset at me for saying. I can't believe they're usually. It is rare for the Cubs to play a home Friday uh, night game. It's probably because it's the Red Sox. Uh, I think it's actually probably my guess would be that's well, it probably is the Apple game, but I was going to say it's because the all-star break, just given the players. No, 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 no. The Cubs. You don't think so? Almost. It's got to be the Apple game. They like almost never have, you know, they're usually 220 on Friday afternoon, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. I do love the day games too. Um, Kyle Hendricks just putting up yet another really solid Kyle Hendricks season. This guy just doesn't stop doing this. Uh, He's got a 304 ERA. That's a little bit lucky, but that's pretty much how he's been pitching. His strikeouts are a little bit down, but his home runs are way down. That's going to be a tough game. And then we got Paxton against Smiley on Saturday afternoon. Um, And then that could could be Paxton Swanson with the Red Sox. And then we get Marcus Stroman on Sunday. Stroman has been outstanding this year against Cutter Crawford. So this is about, I mean, the Cubs are not uh, a good team, but we're 
getting the Cubs in as tough a spot as they can be. Although you could say the same about the Red Sox too, of course, with Bayo Paxson and Crawford, the only pitchers on the Red Sox apparently lined up to start. Yeah. I wonder if we'll see. We might see some shuffling there. Um, I, I, I think we'll we'll see if the Sox turn one of those games into an opener game, because um, otherwise, then you're screwing yourself for the A series immediately after, and forcing yourself to do two openers in a row or or two. But it's three. the A's. But so. it's the A's, yeah. And they did just sweep the A's doing two openers out three. So yeah, maybe not. I don't know. We'll I see. mean, if I was going to do that, I'd do it on Sunday against Stroman and just sort of cross your fingers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the Cubs are, this is very cubby. I would expect the Sox to win at least two or three. I think that you're right. Stroman is very good. I just emptied the bank for him in dynasty and I think Bale and Paxton are just on one right now and the Cubs are not very good. So yeah, I'm taking and, you know, one an interesting thing too here is like I'm looking at the Cubs lineup and I'm wondering whether anyone on the Cubs has ever faced Brian Bayo. I could look this up. Trey Mancini. Uh, no, enough, Trey, like, was Trey Mancini on, on the Cubs last year or the Orioles? Uh he's on the Orioles last year. So yeah, so, so I guess he he probably saw him. But other than that, like Dancy Swanson has Cody Ballinger, Seiya Suzuki. Like, you know, none of these top guys have ever didn't, seen well, Didn't Mike Tauchman play for the Yankees? He but not last did. year. It would have had to be la- it would have had to been last year, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's big advantage there for the Sox. Um, a couple of these guys will have seen Paxton, certainly Cody Bellinger. Well, I, I mean, it uh, is and it isn't because I feel like if Bayo's on, it doesn't matter if people have seen him. Yeah, fair enough. But I, generally speaking, when, you know, whenever you talk about better pitcher matchups. I feel well, like probably none of them have seen Paxton game. either because he's been hurt for two and a half years. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun series. I always love when the Sox go to Wrigley. I love Wrigley it's, Field. It's I, a, I love Chicago. I love the north side of Chicago in general. Well, it's like the, the Sox and Wrigley and Cubs at Fenway, mm-hmm. it just looks good. Everything it looks It really good. does. It yeah, looks right. Yeah, it really, really does. Um, I also saw – the first time I saw the Red Sox as defending champs, in 2005 was in Wrigley Field, and it was my first game at Wrigley. So I got a best bar in Chicago. Yeah, I, I love it. Especially I know if you're under people. People say that say that as like a backhanded compliment, but I, I I love the whole vibe of Wrigleyville. I really do. I haven't seen it since you know. I know that I know that the Cubs did some sort of sterilizing around the around the ballpark. I haven't seen it since that was completed. Um, I know some people hate about that. I know uh, we got we have two staff writers who are going to be at the series this weekend, so we'll get some firsthand reports from from both Fitzy and Jacob Roy about how Wrigley's looking. Well, and Keaton could go if he wanted to. And Keaton could go. That is true, He's and probably will. That's I believe true. he lives within walking distance, um, but yeah. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yeah, I. I went a bunch in college. I went more to the White Sox because it was closer and much cheaper. Cheap as shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Dan, do you have any recommend? Oh, no. I got to do my pool thing. Sorry. Pool thing. Yeah, let's hear it. laps of summer update. Last week, we were at 220, I believe. Mm-hmm. Today, I verily say unto thee, we are at 390. 390. See, I this told you morning, a thousand is not enough. What? But I... I've just let me finish because I've incorporated a secondary goal. This morning I did my longest swim yet, 46 laps. And it was not 
So that's 1,150 yards. Now, I was looking up last night. I was feeling good about myself. It's been like two and a half weeks now. It's like, what's a good swimming workout? They're like, yeah, swimming for an hour is a great way to just sort of, I was like, okay, let's settle down, internet. So it was like 45 minutes today, 40 minutes. and But it was all freestyle. It's getting easier. Last week, I do you, do, you have, do you know what the calorie count is on this? Yes, I have an you Apple do. Watch. So what do you got? So 45 so, minutes hey, swimming, what are you burning there? That's a lot. That, I'm guessing that's like a 500 calorie workout. When I had done a bunch this morning, so I was already at 100 calories, but I met my daily goal before I even, or when I got out of the pool. Pool swim was 41 minutes, 26 seconds, 460 calories. Uh, active yeah, calories, 520 total. So basically 60 just by being alive during that time, right. not the rest, because right. I was exercising. What I didn't realize is that uh, they actually have the splits. I can see what every lap was, uh, except for and this oh, one. It's cool. sort of in this this one. It missed a lap because, um, yeah, there it is. I uh, the the pool is twenty five yards long or meters, and uh, it said I did forty five, but I ended up on the same side that I started on, so I obviously didn't even <laughs> number. So one got lost in there. What I noticed, or you got very. What I noticed very early on when I looked at the splits. So later in the later, when I'm finishing up, I'm like, I'm going to do some sprints at the end. I'll go like soft on one side and I'll try to go fast to the other. end. And I do, I go fair. I go faster than pretty much every other lap, except for invariably my first lap. When I'm not even trying to swim fast, I am just trying to get it is invariably like the fastest or near the fastest. Yeah. That makes and it's sense. just a me- measure of like, why, why wouldn't be, why would it be any other lap than your first one? Because I'm not trying to swim fast. Well, I'm supposed, just trying to get, so- I'm just trying to warm up, but yeah, I'm still like, I have so much more power during that one, just basic warm up lap. And I, tr- and knowing that I try to keep it going in that form now longer, mm-hmm. but it's, it was amusing, but yes, it's going great. We're gonna we're gonna hit it. And here's the secondary goal. Assuming I haven't done it before then, and I don't think I will, it would be to do like to end the summer, like do a hundred laps at one time. Oh, now that's all. so I did forty so I did 46 today. Okay. So if we look at this as a summer-long project, the 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 first goal could be a thousand because if I keep on this pace, I'll hit it easily. But the second one, it's like a marathon, a half marathon, something to train toward. And I'm mm-hmm. getting closer and closer to it now that uh, I think I may do that, but it's wonderful. It's done miracles for my life. Uh, it's, it's what I've needed. Uh, Brian's not going to be angry anymore, guys. So uh, <laughs> get, get your jokes in. We didn't even have the segment so, because we didn't even know. have the segment because you're so happy because swimming makes you happy. I need you to do me a favor though. Um, so I, as I mentioned, I, I kind of would like to do a little bit of swimming too. I don't have a pool. I only have a lake. And we talked a little bit about how hard it is. You know, it's harder to measure laps. Now I have, now I have one, I, this is more urgent now than ever because a couple of days ago I was jumping rope which is something I like to do a lot for exercise. And I was doing that in my back patio. And I landed on the edge of my back patio and where the grass starts and completely blew up my ankle. 
And uh, it doesn't really hurt anymore. It hurt like a mother when it first happened. It doesn't really hurt anymore, but it is the size of a baseball. So I feel like I should probably not jump up and down for half an hour for a while. So I feel like swimming is going to be something I need to do. And then I was thinking, as we were talking about, like, well, how do you measure laps in a pond? It occurred to me, while measuring it out is hard, what I could do is count strokes. So if yeah, you you're going to go crazy if you do, strokes, you're going to go crazy if you do that, though. You, I don't think I would. I think in my head, just being like, I one, do two, occasionally three, like do a lot of things when you're in the water for like an hour, mm-hmm. uh, like an hour, not quite an hour. But I will say that like my pond, uh, my pond angst is starting to wane because now I sort of imagine myself swimming to a far away place, but in a pond. So I'd actually yeah, much rather sing in a, swim in a pond than in a the ocean where there are things that will eat me or in a pond they'll just annoy me. I, it's, it's still weird to me that you're so afraid of the ocean but lake. anyway I, <laughs> like, I think a lake is the sweet spot because a pond is like a pond. but a lake ponds, ponds can be a little scummy um, but I yes let yes. me go I need you to count your strokes on one lap oh no I can tell you my strokes oh you already know I, I know well, there you tell me. my strokes so today, so right, I, I did all this freestyle and backstroke. I did no breaststroke, which is the easiest thing. Like if you just want to catch your breath, uh, and my strokes were an average of twenty per lap. Okay. I was under a minute right. a lap this time because I did all freestyle because it's just getting easier. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna. I'm just gonna swim back and forth in a lake until I get to. And when I hit twenty, I'll turn around. That's what I'm gonna do. Well, you could do 50. I mean, I mean, you could do 40. You could go to 50. I could. Yes, I could. But, you know, I would do that. I'm not, I'm not here to show longer. I'm not here to make you feel bad. Well, yeah. Like today, there's someone who she sometimes swims in the pool next to me. And it's like, oh, yeah. I just have these twin feelings of like, I got to impress her. And then, like, you got to calm down. <laughs> to do that. You're gonna, like, you're not in the shape you want to be. I think it's the whole point yeah. of doing it. So anyhow, right. that's our Good swim update. Laps of summer. Dan, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, my recommendation, uh, it's a pretty basic one. It's probably one that people uh, have heard of and have maybe even already indulged in the summer, but I just did it for the first time and I forgot how much I love it. Bratwurst. Mm. I love a good bratwurst in the summertime. And, you know, it's not, my wife doesn't love it, so I don't buy it all the time, but we had some people over recently and I bought some brats and I was just like, this is good. I want this. Do you have any Midwestern heritage in your thing? I lived in Iowa for a month. Um, and that'll, my, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. And my mother, I uh, grew up in Rochester, New York, which is not technically Midwest, but it kind of feels Midwest if you're out there. And also they no, have, no, 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 Rochester no. has a thing I called a white house. I knew someone from upstate New York whose accent it's like you could be from Minnesota, not maybe not oh, Minnesota. It totally is. like yeah, it, it's the it, it totally it's is. the Midwest. Yes. Yeah, I, I've argued. I mean, I've argued about what the Midwest is with someone from Nebraska before, and he strongly disagreed with my definitions. But for me, the Midwest starts in Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is a very Midwestern city. For this guy from Nebraska, he told me that Cleveland was on the East Coast. I told him that he was insane. Um, but I guess yeah, it's Nebraska on the east coast of Lake Erie. Yeah, exactly. I think it's yeah, it's in the east or the west or south. I don't east. Know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so yeah, Cleveland is not east coast. Pittsburgh, in my opinion, is Midwest. Uh, but anyway, Rochester has something called a white hot, which yes, is basically a bratwurst. It's yeah. I, I couldn't tell you the difference, and I love them both equally. 
Um, so that's I, I just had my first this week, and I, I plan to have a lot more this summer. I mean, I love the, a good brat. The people they soak the beers in brats, and they or they they soak the brats in beers, and sometimes they will cook them in beers. It's all just mm-hmm. like. Not everything took hold in the Midwest, but tubed meats, their wisdom. Like I used to have ketchup on the hot dogs. I don't care if you have ketchup on your hot dogs. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But now that I make hot dogs for the kids a bunch, and I am often tired at the end of the day, like we don't have hot dogs a lot, but when I get them, I just put relish and mustard. I don't put ketchup. Yeah, there you go. Relish mustard. Sometimes a little onion. Sometimes I like to just fry up a little onion on there. That kind of takes it up a level. Yeah, I mean, but then I have to buy it. And so, uh, yes. um, the nice part about swimming is like it's it's working out my diet. It's making me eat better foods and more often and better intervals. Everything's great. Anyhow, recommendation. I have a choose your own adventure here. Do you want a beverage or do you want a podcast? It's Ooh, not sports. Let's let's start with beverage. Uh Basically, either of the main Narragansett products. I mean, this is neither of these are going to be news to anybody, but Narragansett beer and shandy in the summer when it's t- time to finally take off the flannel uh, mm. temperature. <laughs> can't go wrong with either of those. Uh, no, just refreshing. Just refreshing. Nothing better for me than being on the beach with the cold Narragansett. I didn't used to be a be- big beach drinker, and I'm actually not, except for Narragansett. Um, and then the podcast, again, this is number, I found this because I wanted to move away from listening to the same eight sports podcasts all the time. So I cut them in half and added, like, I actively look for new podcasts to listen to. And this one is the fourth highest rated on the popularity chart. So guess what? I'm not breaking any news to a lot of people. However, you realize you already recommended the rewatchables, like yes, but this now. is one that our audience would not like naturally be like the rewatchable. I I went to those like I get the rewatchables now. I was really talking about that one episode, mm. but this is called Scamanda. Scamanda. Oh, I've heard of this. It's about this, I mean it. It's about this woman who faked having cancer. And mm. built a San Jose tech hub megachurch for hundreds of thousands. And it's made by a British um, company. And the, the funny part is that my daughter's eight. And like, I thought, like, I knew what they were going to be talking about this one episode. And so for just after we dropped my son off at camp, we were driving to her camp. Uh, I put it on just to see how she would react. And she hears the woman talking. And after like 10 seconds, she's like, daddy, I love how this woman talks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's, wait, is that the host or is that host Amanda is herself? The host is okay. okay. So for she, Amanda, wasn't, wasn't, she wasn't already falling for Scamanda. Was she? No. So Amanda, they have recordings of her at the church, but then they have a voice actor to read like, cause she wrote a blog and like, it's how she, mm. she, yeah. she was like, she really leveraged the the golden era of blogging uh, yeah. to just to, to be a, a scam artist. And I this is to, the golden era of scam podcasts. I feel like every podcast right now is about a scam of some kind. My bookie guys use my, promo code MOS. Uh, the <laughs> the I only found I think it's eight episodes, and 
I found it yesterday at like 10 a.m. and I've done four episodes already. I'll be done with it by tomorrow at this time uh, because it's just it's just fast. Like I'm not saying it's the greatest thing, but it's easily bingeable. And there's a new New York Times podcast, which is number one on the chart called The Retrievals, which I did not recommend. That one is better than Scamanda, but it's also not easy to listen to because it deals with some horrifying shit. I also recommend that one, but we're going to try to keep it a little bit lighter. All right. Yeah. You don't want to go, you don't want to go, uh, Bratz, Narragansett, and whatever the retrievals is about. The scam, scam, Bratz, Narragansett, and sort of like, it's like, it is true crime, but it's it's the beach read equivalent of the podcast. It is, it is. That it's exactly what it yeah. is. It's a beach read podcast. Perfect. Yeah, it's like Theranos, like a podcast, like yeah. all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation. And the other recommendation, which kicked the whole flannel thing off, is just buy your hats at the gas station. I got a nice new hat, it's got Bigfoot on it. It's great. <laughs> it was a nice hat. Yeah. I yeah, it was I don't I don't wear a lot of hats these days, but that one wasn't bad. Yeah. Guys, that's it for Monsters of Socks, the off-season exclave edition, uh, a.k.a. the three days after the All-Star break. But by the time you're listening to this, baseball will be happening in a few hours. So, God. So thank you for listening, as always. And Dan and our audience, everybody, have a great weekend. Take care. Talk to you later.